You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. It's a new week and some new conversation here in the studio with Michael Card. Thanks for joining us. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael, Sarah Groves will be with us later in the program, one of your favorite people, and we look forward to talking with Sarah. Yeah. And we've got some... I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, we've got some interesting things coming up today. You've been tracing the word amen through the scriptures. We're going to uh, pick your brain about that coming up. And Jesus' use of the term amen, that'll be interesting ahead. Some of your music mm-hmm. on the program as well. You know, we had uh, uh, kind of a special series of podcasts around the uh, Holy Week that we did, and Cheryl wrote to us and said, this was excellent. Thank you, Michael, for putting those together. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate Cheryl's encouragement. Uh, on the Job Suite that we did, Lee said a great classic edition. Thanks so much for the thoughtful programs and guests that you feature. I'm learning something, and I'm drawn closer to the Lord each week. So. We really appreciate yeah, these that's comments. That's what they're for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's so rewarding to hear from listeners. And our listenership is growing as well, which is rewarding because uh, we want to make sure that what we're doing counts for something. You know, we're doing it as unto mm-hmm. the Lord. Do you see Dave's comment here? Uh, yeah. As a result of hearing Dr. Larry Crabb on your radio show, I ordered Shattered Dreams and we used it, used it for our house groups meeting. Thanks for sharing him with us and remembering him here yeah, and what a great book. Yeah. And and Larry, you know, has gone home to be with the right. Lord, but that work keeps on um, mm-hmm. keeps on producing. That seed keeps on producing. So, yeah, Larry Crabb, what a sweet man. One thing about a podcast is that everything we've just mentioned is still in the archive. And if you missed any of that, you yeah. can go back and listen to those Holy Week programs, listen to them any time yeah. of the year. It doesn't have to be at Easter time. Or uh, anything we've yeah. mentioned, they're all in the archive. And uh, the, I think it's been some pretty good listening. Yeah, and it, beca- it becomes a resource. It yeah. becomes a resource that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we've got just a minute. Uh, catch me up personally. I know you and Susan moved uh, relatively recently. We haven't talked a lot about that, but you're mm-hmm. getting settled in. and Yes. Families coming and going, aren't they? Yeah, we our son and his wife and uh, kids lived with us for a while. They're actually moving out today. But I'm kind of a farmer now. I've got a tractor, and my wife is growing flowers, and we someone gave us a donkey. Oh, you uh, haven't told me about this. Yeah, his name is Jasper. I'm not real thrilled about Jasper. Um, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to use Jasper to help me understand what Jesus' experience was like. You know, riding one. You know, and uh, yeah, Jasper's just kind of a donkey. Yeah, you know, well, I think the, I think the Lord brought Jasper into your life for a reason. I I really do. You think so? What well, interesting thing? I don't know if you know this about donkeys. They have a cross on their back. Huh? I did not know. He, he's that. gray. He's gray, but he has a brown, literally a brown cross on his back. So, uh, you know. It's a sign from heaven already for you, Mike. (laughs) I think so. I mean, someone told me that's because Mary rode a a donkey, you know, when she was going to Bethlehem or whatever. Well, I I uh, wouldn't go too far down that road, but uh, you're the second friend I have that owns a donkey, so I'm not sure what that says. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if Jesus was as frustrated with this donkey as I am. That's my question. Okay, we're going to check back in with you on on Jasper on future episodes, so count on that. All right, let's get serious here. We're going to talk about the use of the word amen in the Gospels with Michael Card here. But first, 
a recording made in the studio with Michael, Psalm 139, Search Me. songs from Michael Card, Psalm 139, Search Me. Michael, I love it when you follow a thread through the Bible. And uh, recently you told me that you were you really enthralled by the Jesus use of the word amen, or just amen in scripture. Yeah. Uh, later, Jesus in the New Testament. So can we talk about that? Yeah, it's, it's uh, th- th- I got interested in it because of Jesus sort of strange. He uses it in uh, two or three different ways, but he uses it in... in uh, Let's call it an innovative way. He innovates, okay. you know, the, uh-huh. the word. The creator uh, innovates. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So I, I guess he, I guess that's okay. I guess he has the right to do it <laughs> since he invented language and he is the yeah. word. Right. And yeah. he, and he's actually in Revelation. He's called the Amen. Oh yeah. I mean, right. how cool is that? <laughs> so teach us. What what do you what have you found out? Well, I don't know what if I can teach. Uh, I I can just sort of go through the the biblical passages and. Uh, I thought we'd start by looking at the at the um, the Old Testament passages uh, to to get get the background. Um, I mean, we all know what "Amen" means. It means I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I right? agree. You right. you pray a prayer or you say something, and and you see that in the in the, in the Hebrew Bible. And again, we're always careful to use the word Hebrew Bible and not Old Testament. Um, but uh, like here, here's an example of you know it meaning I agree with you. You'll like this one, Wayne. This is Numbers five twenty two. May this water that brings the curse pass into your bowels. 
<laughs> and make your womb swell and your thigh fall away. And to agree, wow. if, yeah, the, the woman uh, agrees. She says, amen, amen. That's a double, <laughs> a double amen. Okay. Um, and this is Nehemiah 8, 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, amen, amen. Again, that's a double mm-hmm. amen. We'll talk about it in a minute. Lifting okay. up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Here's First Chronicles 16, 36. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. See, that's I agree with you. Yes, we're, you know, we're in uh, we're in agreement. We're, we're I'm confirming I'm confirming what you said. And uh I, there I I counted them at one point. There's a maybe a hundred, maybe a couple hundred uses of of the word amen, but what where it gets really interesting to me is how the book of Psalms uses uh, amen. Uh, you know, Psalms is divided into five books, like the five books of Moses, and three of those five books. And again, it's not all five because if it if you know, it's just to destroy my my theory. The Bible does that every time I think I have a really cool theory. There'll be some <laughs> exemption exception that messes yeah. it all up. God says, watch this. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, you think you understand? Yeah, watch this. So, uh, but, but this double amen business uh, is how three of the five books of the Psalms close. And, and, and in other words, it's the sort of the red flag that the, whoever compiled these, the, the Psalms is a collection of collections. Uh, but um, so uh, book, um, book one ends in uh, 41.14, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen, amen. Okay, so that lets you know, the double amen lets you know that book is closed. Okay. Uh, book two doesn't do it. Wouldn't it be nice if, if it did, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, book three does, however, in Psalm 89.52, blessed be the Lord forever, amen and amen. Book four closes with a double amen. That's 106. 48, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, amen, praise the Lord. So we agree with you. Uh, and that one's not a double amen to further mess up my my theory. <laughs> and then again, book five doesn't do it. So um, uh, it's, it's just interesting to see this word uh, that Jesus picks up. And and uh, and uses Jeremiah. Uh, we see the word uh, in Jeremiah twenty eight six and seven. Uh, Jeremiah said, "Amen. May the Lord do so. May the, see again. He's agreeing. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and the exiles." Um, so that's that's uh, that's Jeremiah using the word. So um, again. Oh, it's a word that Jesus uses to. Um, it's his red flag. He uses it to 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 say, uh, "I'm about to say something very important." And the the interesting difference in the way Jesus uses this word is that Jesus uses it before he says something. Oh, yeah. It's it's really strange. It's really strange. Hmm. Um, now Jeremiah is that one example. Twenty eight six and seven. Jeremiah opened the statement by saying amen, but that's the only other example I can find. Uh, Paul uses the word, and he uses it in the typical way, 1 Timothy 1.17, to the king of the ages, immortal, immortal, invisible, the God only wise, be honor and glory forever. Amen. Hmm. And he, and, um, 
Yeah, so Paul uses it in the typical way, which you would expect. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of, you know, being raised in the King James. Yes. Uh, Jesus would say, verily, verily, I say unto that's, thee. Amen. Is, is it, it is the same word. Yes. And that's a, the translation of it is interesting, too, because nobody knows what to do with it. Truly, truly. Uh, NIV translates it, I tell you the truth, which uh-huh. none of those words are there, right? <laughs> It, all it is is a, it's, a, it's a Greek transliteration of the Hebrew word amen. But Jesus meant it as an attention getter. Well, I, that's the best I can come up with. I mean, obviously, the, the, the translators are, saying, are, are thinking he means this is true, or I, surely I tell you this. It's, it's his way of introducing something that's very uh, important. When I was working uh, with the CSB team, uh, you know, I said, you know, I've got a new idea. Let's translate the ambiguity. This is this ambiguous thing that Jesus says. So let's just translate it, amen, amen. And of course, that went against everything that ever... I'm, I'm not a real Bible translator, right? For, I was the one banjo player on the on the team. and uh, But I made a case for, let's just translate the ambiguity, because it's this wonderful, mysterious thing that he does. And I don't know about you, Wayne, but I, I think it's interesting that I don't really understand how he's using it, other than I can sort of gather is his way of getting attention. Now, there's another, uh, I don't agree with this, uh, there's an old theory uh, that says that basically Jesus listens to God, and then when he's done listening to God, he says, amen, uh, and, and then, then he, he says speaks something. to man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, 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 don't th- I don't read it that way. I don't a little think, simplistic. I, huh? Yes, I think that's a little simplistic. But, um, you know, you and I both, we both love him, and I, I love yeah. this about him, that he does this thing that's innovative and, and creative, and right. I, I really can't you have can't some other examples? It. Oh, well, I can give you tons of examples uh, from uh, the New Testament. Um, well, in, in, um, in, well, let's go back to Revelation 3.14, Jesus is called the Amen. And I have no idea what that means, right? <laughs> He's the, and, and there, I don't know if they translate it any other way. It's the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. But in Revelation, John just refers to him as the words of the amen. He's the, maybe huh. he's the one that God says yes to. Or Well, to paraphrase one of your song titles, the final word maybe, huh? Yeah, he's, something he's like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But again, you know, to uh, not everything is translatable. And, uh, but but uh, I've, I've got my numbers here. Jesus uses it 30 times in Matthew, 13 times in Mark, 6 times in Luke, and 25 times in John. Uh, and, and here's one of the... Here, here's a, why, why use a little word that everyone can understand when you can use a big word that no one understands? <laughs> one of the scholars says that Jesus use it, uses it in a counter-expectational way. Oh, okay. there you go. Say okay. that five times really fast. <laughs> no counter, thanks. Counter expectation or in an unidiomatic, idiomatically. So he doesn't use it the way it's supposed to be used. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when, when we talk about this again, or we can talk about this now, um, as I've looked at it, uh, he basically uses it three different ways. Okay. He doesn't just use it one way. Um, so let me let me give you kind of what I've yeah. come up with. Help us understand. Okay. Well, the the first way he uses it, he uses it in the conversative way. He's conversing, 
right? He uses it uh, basically 28 times that way. He uses amen in the Hebrew way, the way it's supposed to be used. Uh, It's always mistranslated. Um, You know, amen, amen, I say to you, or... um, but basically, um, sometimes they, they'll make a new sentence out of it, and that's really not, not how it should be used. But he, he uses it in the, uh, in, in the conversative way. He's conversing. Um, the other way, uh, one other way he uses it, he uses it as an exclamation. Uh, in Mark 8.10 and 18.9, he uses that way. And it's used uh, alongside the statement that Jesus marveled. So, amen, he goes, wow. It's and, and I think like in the black church, you hear it used as an exclamation, mm-hmm. right? So he's kind of using it that way. Uh, he uses it, he puts it on the lips of other people in parables. And the people in his parables use it the way he does, which I think is interesting. And on the lips of the bridegroom and, and the king, that's Matthew 25, 12, 40, and 45, and Mark uh, 8, 12. And then finally, he uses it uh, as a response. Uh, he responds to Peter with this word. He responds to Nicodemus, uh, to the crowd or to the Jews. Uh, he responds. Uh, he uses it as a response. So of uh, this, uh, this extraordinary, uh, interesting word, uh, Jesus innovates or use it, uses it, uh, like uh, one scholar said, counter-expectationally. Yeah, uh, counter to what you would expect. I can tell you like that. Yeah, I love that word. I love that word. Yeah, you, you know, I, I know we have translations, of course, but uh, these words matter, don't they? They they do, and 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 listening to the voice of Jesus is what matters most. And this is this is um, a hallmark of his teaching. This uh, this word that uh, is so much a part of the Old Testament is a good old Hebrew word, but it's, it just shows how creative he is and what, original, what an original thinker he is and how he's sort of free with language. He just, uh, you know, you can imagine him using the word this way and people sort of looking, you know, kind of squinting and going, what? Amen. What do you, what do you mean, amen? <laughs> but um, uh, I, I wish someone would have commented on it, uh, but we don't have that uh, in the New Testament. Right. But uh, I love seeing him as an ori- as an original thinker, uh, as an elegant, creative uh, linguist. I mean, he's marvelous. Is this um, kind of a subset of your study of of Jesus? I mean, did how how did you come upon this idea? Well, uh, the the book that I've been writing for the last three years on on the life of Jesus has, is divided into his life, his heart, and his mind. And this, uh, his use of the word "amen" is under the his mind section. Okay. So, so it's it's just trying to listen really closely to his 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 language and understand how his mind works. And the you know the partial answer to is how does his mind work? His mind works in very innovative, very creative ways. He speaks in ways that captures people's attention. No one had ever spoken. You know, well, people do say that. No one ever spoke mm-hmm. like this guy spoke. And maybe part yeah. of what they're saying is. He, he uses this word in a different way. And then just quickly, someone right now is thinking, no doubt, well, you're Michael Card. You can do this. But anybody can do this, right? Anybody can listen to the language of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit that dwells, if they are a follower of Jesus, they have his spirit in them. Anyone can ask the spirit, please help me to understand and hear 
you know, uh, because the best way to love anyone is to listen to them, and the best way to love Jesus is to listen to him, and uh, and and try to un unhear all of these kind of traditional things that um, you need to go deeper and you need to go go uh, on your own, and uh, with just you and the Spirit and the Word, listen to what He's really saying. Well, Mike, thanks for your tenacity and bringing these lessons to us. It really inspires us to go dig into the Word ourselves. So, thank you for that. Thanks, Wayne. Mike, let's take a few moments and answer a listener question, if you don't mind. I mean, you have to answer, so are you okay with that? I'll try. I don't pretend to be the answer man. (laughs) Okay. Brianna wrote to us and said, Thank you for these episodes showing us which passages inspired your songs. Even the ones that seem obvious are not always as obvious as the synoptics are not identical. A question that I thought of listening to this is, at what point does anxiety become sin? Clearly, Jesus was anxious, sweating blood, but we know he never sinned. There are some who believe that anxiety is sin, since the Bible tells us to not be afraid. I know you get a lot of questions about fear and anxiety on your show. So what would you say in answer to Brianna? Well, I I say what we always do is flee to the life of Jesus. And you see, does Jesus feel anxiety? But the question is, what do you do with that anxiety? Mm -hmm. And what does Jesus do? He takes it to the Father, and I think that's that's what keeps it from becoming sin. You hold on to it, and and you don't trust God to you know meet you at the level of your fear or whatever situation it is you're afraid of, you know. And then again, it becomes sin. But you you do what always we always do what Jesus did. We you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the garden, He turns to the Father. So uh, and and the sort of really bizarre thing is he 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 turns it into worship. Yeah, he takes his fear and his frustration and he offers it up as an act of worship. So I think that's, uh, it's one of the magnificent things about his his life. Well, Brianna, thank you for the question, yeah. and Mike, thanks for the answer. Uh, anyone who has a question, maybe even a song request for us on the program, uh, you can email us in the studio at michaelcard.com. It's that simple, or you can contact us on our social media pages as well, uh, Michael Card Music. But uh, maybe the email is the best and most direct way in the yeah. studio at michaelcard.com. Hey, this month's featured resource from CSB is the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Have you spent any time with yeah. this Bible, Mike? Yeah, the, the good thing about being part of that team was they send me these things for free. Oh, I get I'm boxes. so jealous. <laughs> oh, it's and it's and and you know you you give them away to friends and they're these beautiful. The, the covers are, I mean, I know it's not the main point, but the covers are beautiful. Yeah, I'm looking and, at one right now. The cover is just outstanding. Yeah, beautiful. The leather yeah. they use is yeah. gorgeous. But the, yeah, the Holy Land Study Bible, I'm looking at mine right now. It's one that I won't give away because it's filled with, uh, first of all, images. One of the things I tell people about when, when we go to Israel, um, you know, people come back from those trips and they'll say things like, oh, you'll never understand the Bible until you go to Israel. Well, that's a, not a, a very... <laughs> kind thing to say anyway, and it's actually just not true, because you, if you look at the images, and that's what they've done with this this Bible, mm-hmm. they brought images from Israel that are, that are the ones you need to see, you know, it's it's uh, very much, you know, yeah. like like going there. Right. Well, certainly the yeah. going isn't, it enhances the experience. We understand that. Sure. Uh, that's always sure. true. But this is, a, this is a great resource, the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. From CSB, and we're so appreciative of the fact that they support our podcast here, and we get to talk about it. Such a, something we believe in, 
Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you're right. It is something we believe, but we believe in. It's a wonderful translation. It's fresh. It's uh, They made all kinds of really interesting choices that I think were good choices. I know for NIV, uh, Bill Lane was one of the translators for NIV, and one of their presuppositions is we're going to make this as readable as possible, mm-hmm. you know, as, as fluid as possible, and that's a good good choice. CSB didn't do that. And so sometimes it's a little bit clumsy, and it makes you slow down, and you listen to the text. And that's really one of the things I love about CSB. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the book, you're going to sing the song that you wrote called The Book. Uh, Shanoa Murphy is on violin on this song, and Ken Lewis percussion. Let's listen as Mike sings, and then Sarah Groves will join us in a few minutes. of prophets in their fiery words and rhymes in the pages of the patriarchs we can read on every line of the kindness of commandments and of all he undertook that before we call he answered us in the pages of the book meaningful song that wraps up the first half of this podcast. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. You'll find music, the latest book release, The Nazarene, and news about upcoming conferences at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear and enjoy. 
And we're always glad to hear from listeners. Post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page or send your comments, questions, and song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Coming up, a conversation with Sarah Groves after this message in the studio with Michael Card. I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learn new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. And when you order, apply your 30% discount on the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type in the studio as one word in the promotion code for your 30% discount with LifeWay. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text with the helpful study tools as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. We are not scattered strangers. We are one and we are free. Though we have broken faith and divided, we are one family. It's time we weep together for the time we've been apart. For our hatred of each other, for our stubborn hearts, for the prisoner we've forgotten in a foreign land. If we could weep their tears, then maybe we'd finally understand we are not scattered strangers. We are one and we are free, though we have broken faith and divided we are one family when he cried out to the father on bended knee in the garden where he pleaded for our unity as he cried out from the cross that it finally was done tell me is that not enough For us to become one We are not scattered strangers We are one and we are free Though we have broken faith and divided We are one family Mike, I remember years ago when you were very excited about this new young lady who came along and uh, was singing. And you said, you got to meet Sarah Groves. Remember that? It goes back a few years now. Yeah, I think it was. she was about 12 years old. She just come out of elementary school. No, uh, I'm, being, I'm being silly now. But, but, but uh, she and Troy were on the road with us. We toured together. And you really get to know someone uh, when you're on a bus and... and Going through all the, the the rigmarole of touring, and uh, she's uh, 
Yeah, she's one of my one of my heroes, uh, not just musically, but also uh, just as a mm-hmm. as a sister. So welcome, Sarah. It's great to have you. Thank you. And Mike uh, is right. You get to know someone, and I say to this day, one of the most generous people I've ever met is Michael Card. Um, he was exceedingly generous to us, and um, yeah, I was just I couldn't have launched in a better sort of under better guidance. <laughs> Because that was really my first mm-hmm. official tour. Um, was mm-hmm. we did two tours together, two yeah. short, two short runs, and um, yeah, yeah, crazy times. I had a, I had a new baby. I mean, I think back to it, and it's it's tender, you yep. know. And um, I was older. For you, you joked about me yep. being twelve, but I was older to sign. You know, uh, the year that I was up for like new artist of the year, all the other people in my category were in their teens, and I was twenty eight. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that was old. <laughs> my my memory, my big memory of the tour is Kirby learned to walk on the bus, okay? And I saw Kirby take his first steps and she was so upset that Troy wasn't there, her husband wasn't there to see it. And she's like, oh, please don't tell Troy that you saw yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? He, his first longer walk was, um, yeah. I, I thought that steadying himself on the bus must have helped him learn, you know, to walk. But his first was Appleton, Wisconsin, walking down the middle aisle of the church and you were up sound checking and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the days of our lives, big moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah, we want to talk about what's going on in your life. I know you've got a new album coming out. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But you have such a heart for justice in the world. And you live in Minneapolis, which has been an epicenter for justice issues of late. Um, any comment about what's going on and that we can benefit uh, from? Um, yes, it's been a, a steep learning curve. And um, I, I was telling the last time we talked, Mike, I was telling you that it was Chinoa that um, I, she was out on the road with me for a justice event that I was part of, and she and I started getting into some really deep conversations um, around racial reconciliation and her own, you know, she lives somewhat close to Ferguson, and she said, I remember the moment when there's, when that ceased to be about Michael Brown and it tapped into something centuries in the making that was much deeper, much longer coming. Mm-hmm. And so she and I just like in this really, this window, we were just on this trip. Um, it that Those set of conversations opened my eyes and realigned something in me um, that then helped me as, as things began to in, unfold in my own community. And, um, you know, our story here in the, up in the North is different, but um, it, it is, it's as deeply... <laughs> woven and as insidious as you find racism anywhere. And, um, and it, it's, it's very quiet and systemic here because it's built into racial covenants and, you know, the way the community was built. And so I think that the murder of George, George Floyd exposed all of this, um, you know, this stuff that had been happening and, and going on. Um, right here where I live, the 94 corridor, when they were deciding to put that in, you know, they closed 80 businesses and raised a hundred houses to run the highway into the into St. Paul um, mm. at the at their apex of success. It wasn't it wasn't like wow. a, a I mean at at their peak of thriving. That's called the Rondo neighborhood. And so 
only in the last, you know, maybe five or 10 years have we as Twin Cityans heard the story of Rondo of that neighborhood, you know, so there's so many levels of education and learning. You don't know about your own place. And I encourage people, learn about your place. I've gone back mm-hmm. to even learn about my own, where I grew up in Springfield. Um, uh, I have a friend who's kind of tracing her own as a black woman, she's tracing her own family roots to show how racism impacted her life and her family directly. So to cut, to speak in a way, uh, in a human way with people about the stories. And that inspired me to go back and see how privilege had, had been a part of my family story from, you know, 40 acres and a mule, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so to, to think through those things, I, I think obviously that I'm not able to I'm not able to get away from those tensions because they're right here where I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's been, um, uh, but I've also, I should say that like George Floyd square, um, we used to, we were, we lived two blocks from there when we were newlyweds. And so we were down there right away. Like uh, you were saying, we, we responded right away because this was a neighborhood we were familiar with. Um, and I, I, that, that place I have only been there when there has been prayer and uh, just a, there is a, such a longing and a, and a cry in our community for these, I think righteous questions are being asked and a deeper cry for, um, uh, for a conversation. You have all kinds of stuff then also, you know, more than one thing can be true at the, one, at the same time. So we have also, you know, communities, uh, there's a, a community in North Minneapolis that, that, a lot of the police presence has largely disappeared. They, they just have kind of removed themselves from that community. And so you see an uptick in crime. You see things going on. So all these things can be true at the same time, that crime is hard. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see. Um, but at the same time, uh, there are good conversations happening. There, it, there are breakthroughs. I joined, because of this, I joined um, Isaiah, which is an interfaith gr- group that is um, that are advocating for um, you know living wage and just some really basic things that we need to see change here. The housing situation here, the disparities in education are the are the they're the broadest gaps in the entire country. So Minnesota has been always proud of its sort of you know forward thinking and its Minnesota mm-hmm. welcome. It just has not been true for its black citizens and for its mm-hmm. black for our black neighbors. So um, yeah, so there's just a lot. A lot to learn and a lot to listen, be quiet, <laughs> take in. Um, and I'm learning a lot from the faith leaders. And I saw this modeled. Mike was modeling this for me when we were on the road. He was doing this work in his community in Franklin. And I just remember listening and thinking, I don't even know how to begin what you're, you know, how, the relationships you've built and how you're doing that. And I'm really grateful for that conversation early on. Um, mm. He he was he's been doing that and, t- and having those these conversations for a really long time. So thanks, Mike. During during that time, did you ever meet Denny Denson? Yes, you. I mean oh. that that those were the conversations we were having at that time. Yeah. Well, the, w- when you were talking, I was thinking we had Denny on the program. I remember Denny who would who would always. You know, always pushing you. In fact, my favorite memory of Denny Denson is he was dying of pancreatic cancer. And uh, I, I'm sitting with him in the hospital and I whisper in his ear, Oh, Denny, if there's any way I could take this from you, you know, brother, I would take this from you. And Denny looks over at me and goes, You couldn't handle this. 
<laughs> but when you were talking, what I remembered about Denny, I, 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 I don't know if you might have even been there. Uh, I was asking him, okay, what do I do? Just tell me what do I do. And he looked at me, you know, kind of a little peeved, you know, but he said, make friends with someone who's not like you. It was just that simple. Go make friends with someone who's not like you. And it sounds like you and Chinoa had that experience. Yes, and and be challenged by other friends. Put yourself in places where you are the minority. That is huge. That is huge. Listen, you know, don't be... I think it was... uh, I can't remember who this quote is from, but philanthropy is a double display of of pity and power. And that is why Mm. people don't want to really fight for actual justice, because we like being in that place of showing power. Yeah, and a thought like that, it it has for me opened like a flower in my heart. So I hear something like that, and if I'm alert, if I'm open to learn, and I let that seed take to me, this is all like it's all so biblical. And I the year before, um, the year before COVID, uh, which would have been what, twenty nineteen. I was out on the road as I am, and and I heard four sermons at, at large churches warning people about the dangers of social justice. Now I understand people want to parse, you know, the. I was so frustrated by the by the end of 2019 because I had seen such a growth in that conversation myself from when I started talking about things in 2005. Uh, let's not be afraid, you know. Uh, Gary Haugen, the founder and president of IJM, who we partner with and Trey now works for, um, he talks about the jelly jar and the the, the uh, bodybuilder who builds and builds and builds muscle, you know, and he said, to what end? So that he can open a jelly jar in, in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> and he was using that as a metaphor for a lot of believers. We're tuning and tuning and tuning our faith. To what end? So we can, you know, avert a jelly jar, uh, a jelly lid, <laughs> Uh, crisis, you know, and so that all those things, if if I let them take root, then I participate in this gospel of reconciliation, and so, um, yeah, so I'm hanging in there trying to like talk about this stuff in a way, hopefully, and, and not dehumanize my the listener, you know, and, and the and in the conversation to try to yeah. keep it human. It's really interesting to learn uh, from you about this, Sarah. Thank you for sharing your heart. Uh, in the time that we have today, I don't want to miss talking about your latest music project. Mike, I know you'll be excited about the, learning about this as well. So can we shift subjects and talk about that for a few minutes? I, well, I'm self-producing for the first time. This is album number 15. And at the beginning of 2020, I, was, I had a friend that was going to fly from Seattle, help me set up a studio in my home, which I've never had. I had a, a smaller kind of thing earlier, but I've never really taken hold of that. And he, um, he was going to come help me set up. He's a pr- producer and player I've, I've worked with. And um, the boxes showed up at my house, and then the whole world shut down. And so I had boxes of equipment and, uh, and things to learn and no one to teach me <laughs> other wow. than, you know, LinkedIn, uh, whatever lynda.com used to be, but to go online and take a course. And so I started last year from scratch learning Pro Tools. I just wanted to be able to capture my own voice because all the players that I know, and and I, I will add this in, a lot of the guys I know, they know how to operate the basics of get, make their way around, you know, some of the basics of Pro Tools. And I just felt like um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's who's always giving me good advice, and and she said you you are. Um, 
Sounds like they might be working on that studio right now in the background there, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) We are getting a new furnace today, and I, yes, the timing didn't quite work out. I have told them that I'm recording with you guys. That's all right. We'll we'll just go around on learning from you here. So if that pokes through. So the the theme of the record, I really love. I love literary fiction and I love an author named Kazuo Ishiguro and he's a Nobel Prize winning author. Uh, he wrote Remains of the Day, you know, where this butler serves this man all of his life and then at the end of his life realizes the man he's been serving might not be a great man. And what do you do then if your whole life mm. has been in service to this thing that wasn't as as uh, pristine as you had had always thought? Um, so he writes a lot about memory and how we remember. And I think that's what we're doing right now is we're, we're having a dialogue constantly about who we are and how we remember things and how we memorialize things. And that happens in personal, interpersonal relationships. Um, and it happens culturally on a larger scale. So I, the record is really looking at remembering and forgetting and forgiveness, uh, what forgiveness looks like, um, how, how do you actually move on uh, from really hard um, relationship-breaking events? And so I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of tension in my relationships, uh, a lot of hard conversations and people coming to different conclusions about things. And so the record is me processing uh, <laughs> coming out of COVID and what am I going to find? Mm. Uh, uh, and and then and then how do I live um, mm. after all that's transpired and been said on Facebook and beyond? <laughs> well, that's been a theme for you because one of my favorite songs of yours is uh, "Remember Surrender," remembering what it was like to first come to faith. I love that song. Remember surrender. So is that a theme for you? I think that relationships and yeah. analyzing what makes them work and the sort of, I think it's really hard for us to tell ourselves the truth. And I think when I sit down to write, you, you see Uh. me trying to tell myself the truth about what's really happening. So we have all these things Uh. that are pulling the strings in us and we act in certain ways and we don't know why sometimes. And it takes to me the light of Christ to show us or the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to speak to us. And if we're open to that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we'll, we'll continue to grow and mature, but um, there are still, I'm amazed at, you know, c- closing in on my 50th birthday, how, how much I still don't tell myself the truth. <laughs> what an interesting way to put it. Yeah, yeah those are also I themes in the record. I love that thought, Sarah. <laughs> well, we'll put more information about your new work, your new music project in our program notes for this podcast so people can pick up on it as it's developed. Uh, Patreon is also available. You can support Sarah that way. We'll have information there, Mike, in the program notes about that. So. What a great thing to be able to catch up with Sarah here today. I'm really encouraged that someone uh, like yourself is is helping us to prepare to come out of this COVID uh, experience. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you for doing that work for, for us. Thank you, guys. Always good. What a great time together in the studio with Michael Card. Mm. And uh, you've got a new puppy. I can hear it in the background there, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we, my wife bought me one for my birthday, but then she bought another one for herself oh, at the same time. Oh, I see time. how that works. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, they're brothers. So you might hear them in, okay. the, in the background. All right. yeah. Hey, I had this comment from <laughs> Michelle who wrote to us to say thank you for your books, Michael, especially the ones on the Gospels. I've read them, marked in them, learned and enjoyed. Recently, as I'm using a reading plan through the Bible in a year, some things caught my ear in the Gospels and created some questions 
not in an accusatory way, but I simply wanted to understand. I pulled out your books on the Gospels and gained a better understanding. So thankful to have those resources. Very nice. Thank you, Michelle. Wow. Yeah, that's great, Michelle. And question, it's all about asking good questions. So yeah, never be afraid. The, the Bible can, can stand up to any question uh-huh. you've got. And I like her idea of reading through the Bible in a year. Of course, that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And there's no magic in that, but it's, it's a good place to start. My encouragement, some of those pro- reading programs are so complicated. You know, you read one section yeah. in the morning and yeah. one section. And, and maybe for some people, those work. I just like starting at Genesis and yep. going right through. I mean, read a chapter a day, and, uh, and that way you sort of get the flow. Sometimes those chopped up reading uh, programs, uh, you, you don't get mm-hmm. the flow. So, uh, but, but if that's what works for you, <laughs> yeah. then you use Find that Find what program. works for you. That's, that's the important thing. Yes. Well, you want to reflect back yeah. on what we learned from Sarah here today. Quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it's so encouraging for me to see, I mean, she's not strictly the next generation, but she's fairly significantly younger <laughs> than I am, to see her pick up uh, the mantle, and, and and as I heard her speak, really, in a more significant way than I have. I mean, she's, she's very thinking eloquent, through yeah. things, and she's she very eloquent, and, and, and music will come from that for her, and... She really is a remarkable uh, young woman, and to to see the the next generation pick up the cause is uh, so encouraging mm-hmm. for me. And uh, and I I had forgotten that she she uh, had been exposed to Denny Denson and Ben Johnson and some of those guys that were part of uh, our movement here in yeah. Franklin. Well, just before you go, show some puppy love there to those guys who are having fun in the background. Let's uh, let's talk about how we're going to end this program with none other than Dr. Ben Johnson singing. Um, the, the listeners may not know this. Dr. Johnson was the first black professor at Moody Bible, and uh, he he was he's gone home to be with the Lord. He was a remarkable man. He retired here to Franklin, and after having planted about five or six churches, uh, he retired here. And he was part of our Empty Hands Fellowship. Um, and w- when he finally passed away, we like to say it took three funerals to bury Ben Johnson. There were three separate funerals in three for his brother. parts of the country. Yep. He is a great, great mm. man of God. Well, let's conclude by hearing this wonderful man's voice. Dr. Ben Johnson, walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. Jesus to 
so glad you joined us for this session. It's our prayer that the music and conversation was used by God to grow your faith and enrich your understanding of the Christian life. Please share your reactions to this hour. Post a comment on the Michael Carb Music Facebook page. Write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link. And you can always send your reactions, questions, or song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your comments. You can learn about Michael's books, his music, and our podcast guest details at michaelcard.com and share what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Immerse yourself in the world at the time the Scripture was written. There's hundreds of pictures, helpful charts and articles and illustrations about the situation in Bible times that will bring the scripture to life. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible. When you order, use the promotion code in the studio typed with no spaces and you'll receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. And now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr.